Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Well, you know, it turns out that the masks were far more symbolic than we thought they were. Some of you got that, some of you didn't. <clears throat> and they're banning speech all over the United States. Some of you probably think that I get angry about that. I, I spend a moment in anger, but the rest of the time is in triumph. Amen. See, for me, it's all good. For me, I like to know who the enemy is. You know, when they hold votes in a joint session of Congress, I like to know who it is that signs and says, I'm going to sign a fraudulent election. I like to know who they are, since only six in my party decided to stand up and vote against the electors of a fraudulent election. I like to know. I really do. And I'm fine. People would think, you know what, you've got a burgeoning podcast. You know, if they left us alone, they didn't ban us every time we got to six or seven hundred people watching us live. They didn't ban us every single time. We'd be, I think we'd have two, three thousand people watching us live right now. And they ban us every time. They find some reason. You probably would think, doesn't it bother you that you're on the verge of getting banned again? No. Listen, well, listen, God is the God that makes food fall from the sky. I'm not worried about it at all. It doesn't bother me at all. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go radio. We'll go TV. God will make a way. So I, I told this to the first service. I said, you know, not one church has ever invited me to preach there. There's only one. And see, God sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies, and he actually mocks things for you. And I know I've told you this before, but the first time that I was ever invited to speak at any church ever was to Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church, the river in Tampa. And there was a, like three, 4,000 watching live and millions possibly throughout the world. They reached couple hundred million people around the world the first time I ever preached. So yes, you know what? It may appear that doors are closed, but there's actually galactic doors opening. Amen. So you don't really worry about it. This, of course, this is what Facebook would do. Of course, it's what Twitter would do. Don't let it rivet your soul. What should rivet your soul, what should bother you more than anything is the blindness of the modern church. That should bother you. And I don't mean bother you like keep you awake at night. Listen, I spout off. I get the steam out. I feel sorry for Tommy sometimes. (laughs) We're out in the gym when we work out together. The conversations have been lengthy lately. We were out there during the election night where they had another fraudulent election in Georgia. Absolute fraud, everybody. If you actually think that Raphael Warnock represents Georgians. You've never been to Georgia. We were out there and we were watching it and I told him, I said, listen, it's gone quiet on the Western Front. It should sound eerily familiar to you. About 11 o'clock at night, dead silent. And as I've said 50, 60, 100 times this year, never seen that before. Dead silence. And I said, it's over. They're stealing it again. Why wouldn't they? 
When you have capitulating cowards, harem eunuchs, geldings like Raffensperger, and Brian Kemp running a state that did absolutely nothing with two months and three days between elections. You did nothing to secure the elections. Stacey Abrams is running all over God's creation, coagulating 1.8 million mail-in ballots prior to the election. You really think you're going to win? Does everybody know how mail-in balloting works? It doesn't matter whether your state law has it in place that you have to have voter ID. It, it doesn't matter whether it's Arkansas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. There's not a mail-in ballot on the planet in the United States that requires you to present ID. That's a fact. Absolute fact. In the state of Georgia, if you show up to vote, you have to present your driver's license, but not if you request a mail-in ballot. Please understand that. And this was all the purveyance of the COVID-19 virus. Gave everybody an excuse. I am scared to death to step foot into a voter's booth where I might catch a virus that has the exact same hospitalization rate as the flu, the exact same death rate as the flu, and we do not have one extra excess death in the United States this year, but yet... The state of Pennsylvania, 1.8 million people requested absentee ballots, but 2.5 million were counted. Oh man, that's great voter turnout. No, that's impossible voter turnout. You cannot vote with an absentee ballot there at all, except if you have lived where you're at for at least 30 days prior to the election. But does that matter? When you don't have to present anything, this is why people had seven, eight, nine, ten ballots show up at a single residence for the people that lived there in 1977. In one state, they actually had a absentee ballot, a mail-in ballot, show up for the residences, dead cat. That's an absolute fact. I showed it on the podcast. That's a no local news report. Not the Gateway Pundit or a right-wing website. But that's what's happening in America. And the church led the way. Because the only reason is COVID, Tom, COVID, COVID. You've been talking about it since March. Yeah, what do you want me to talk about? COVID ushered in what we have right now. It was used for that. You can talk about, was it planned before? Was it just taken advantage of? We can have all those debates. It doesn't really matter. We are where we are, and the church led the way. As soon as they told the church, we want you to close, they closed. Churches today, right down the road from us, are closed because of the second wave of the second wave of the super COVID. It just came out. State of Florida, 22 million people live here. COVID-19 in the state of Florida has the exact same hospitalization rate as the flu. What does that mean? The odds of you going to the hospital with the flu are identical to you going to the hospital with COVID-19. But yet, the whole world is shut down. You realize that you cannot move about freely in the country of Australia, the country of England, many states in the United States. If you move around after 10 o'clock at night because, see, COVID is dormant <laughs> from midnight to 10 p.m. and then comes to life. If you move about in the, in the city of Los Angeles, you'll see a train, and I'm ashamed to say this, 
of pitiful, capitulating, non-constitutional law enforcement officers pull up next to you, tackle you to the ground, and take you to jail for violating their COVID curfew. Absolute fact. I have the videos. They don't deny it. They're proud of it. And most of the churches there don't do a thing about it and are still closed, believing that they're saving lives and advocating for humanity. Let me tell you about advocating for humanity. The third world of this planet depends on the first world. Whether we like it, we can argue about why, how, socialism versus democratic republics, capitalism versus communism. But the third world depends on the first world economy. All of these life-saving pastor loves that are out there, community partners and good neighbors saving lives, have already cost this planet about two million souls that are dead. Look at me now. Dead! Saving lives. How are you saving lives, pastors and Christians? When you shut down an economy and starve people to death, explain to me how you're saving lives. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. That's just for last year. The harvest of death has not come in yet. It'll probably end up in the tens of millions of souls that are dead because other people are saving lives. See, I don't have a... Listen, I know... That that there are demon-possessed people out there. That's one thing. Bill Gates, George Soros, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. They live in demons, with demons, and they're bound by demons. But for the church, I mean, you can't just open up and do a couple hours of research and find out you strap on a mask, a COVID-19 particle, It's 0.06 to 0.14 microns, and the greatest mask on the planet can only block something three times as large as that, three times that size, and you still strap it on. You can't take, listen, I'm no genius. I've told you before, I refuse to tell any of you what my SAT scores were. You'd lose all respect. (laughs) If I can understand that, then you can understand it. That's why I won't strap that thing on. Trying to stop gnats with a chain link fence. And you're so ridiculously stupid that you strap that thing on anyway. You just strap on the word lie. You strap on the banner of the enemy. And now it's symbolic everywhere. You can riot because you have a mask on and there's no facial recognition. They silence people. That's been the goal is to control you, silence you, distance you. And the church doesn't see it. It's amazing to me. Maybe they're not the church. I agree 100%. Aaron and I are on the same page today. You know what? There will be people. There's people in this room that hated my guts at the beginning of this. You're at your churches. You were closed. You were proud of it. But then, because you're actually a spirit-led person, you actually had your eyes opened and decided to yield to the Holy Spirit. And you're like, you know what? Something's wrong here. I want to just congratulate everybody in the room because we are on day 301 of 15 days to flatten the curve. I'm glad that you woke up. 
How many people in this room have come to this church for more than two weeks? Shout amen. Okay, you're way above average. You're so odd. Listen, you are such a whack job. Seriously, you are. Because I'm telling you right now, if we paraded, listen, of course, if Anthony Fauci, Fauci walked in here, he dropped dead. But I'm telling you right now that we, would pre, we, we could parade all the evangelicals in the United States through this room, and most of them would stick their masked noses in the air at you. How dare you threaten lives? What life? You don't know there's 400,000 people. Really, explain to me how it is that we had 2.9 million people die last year and 2.9 million people die this year, actually slightly less. Explain to me the extra 400,000. Why don't you try growing a brain stem? You said, why don't you grow a brain? No, start with a brain stem. Put the root in the ground first. Something's missing. See, the church, what happened is, is the church got 2 Timothy 4, 3, and 4. There's verses that we preach all the time around here. This is one of them. The church was unprepared and blind and is unprepared and is still blind. We're all the, I, I know I say this all the time, but I still challenge you. Where are they? Where are the big name leaders? I'm not talking about the ones that orchestrate their convoluted Zoom events. And good luck with that, by the way. All the pastors have said, you know, yeah, we're, we're together alone. We're alone together. We're on Zoom. Well, China owns Zoom. Good luck with that. And good luck with Facebook. <laughs> Facebook catches wind of this message that I'm preaching today. Bye-bye, Big Tommy. It's not going to work out much longer. No, no, no. We, remember, we capitulated. We're on your side. Heard Dan Bongino say this. That's the most famous quote of everybody put in the guillotines in the French Revolution. Wait, wait, wait. We were on your side. All of the Democrats rejoicing that all the conservatives are being kicked off of Twitter, Facebook, you honestly don't think they're going to come for you? If you're Michelle Obama and you live in an $11 million mansion on Martha's Vineyard, you honestly think they're not going to come for you, Shelly or Mike, whatever your name truly is? You're like, what the? Some of you are like, what did I walk into? I'll, there'll be Bible verses coming. Don't worry. I got to get all the steam out first. This is the stuff I didn't get to in the first service, so you're getting the stuff that I didn't get to. That's why there's really two different messages every time. I press so much. I have so much material. I just skip the second half for you guys. That way I don't preach it twice. But see, the church was ill-prepared and actually blind. They don't even know. They don't even see you need to understand this. If you look at Revelation 13, 16 through 18, the mark of the beast, they don't see any skids being greased at all. They don't, listen, I know you think that, the why, how, how could that be? A lot of you are like, why would anybody want to control anybody else? Well, you're not a pervert. So how could you possibly understand 
You need to understand this. I've said this, and I don't mean to be lewd or gross, and if your kid's in here, it's your fault. That's why we have children's church. Blame yourself. But these control freaks that want to deem, well, you're essential. You're not essential. You know what? We'll let you open up for two weeks, and then we're going to close you back down. You know what? We're going to let you spend three, dollars $400,000 on your outdoor dining area, and then we're going to shut that down too. See, they like it. It's like a sexual fetish. I'm not kidding you. I don't know how else to frame it. I would stay away from the word sexual if possible. But it really is. It's perverted. And you're like, I don't understand why anybody would want to control anybody else. I don't either. I don't like responsibility for other people. I remember my buddy when he retired from being a law enforcement officer. I tried to talk him into coming back. <laughs> Got other cops staring at me too in here. I'm looking at there's a couple different cops in here. I tried to talk him into coming back, and he said no. I said why? I said because he took a job at the sheriff's office, serving subpoenas and injunctions. I said, well, just come back and work for me, back on my squad. Come on, make twice as much money. He goes, nope. I just don't want to be the man anymore. He put in 30 years of being the man, where everybody says, hey, I need help. I need you. Didn't want to be that guy anymore. You know what he said then when he's driving around as a civil process server? Drive by every crash. <laughs> Nobody's waving you down. You're in an unmarked car with your civilian uniform on. He's mocking me. I'm stopping at every last one. I'm changing tires on the side of the interstate with cars driving by at 97 miles an hour. Whoosh! Tackle to the ground, having people punch me in the face. He laughs at that. He did it for 30 years. He was good. He was a great cop. I wanted him back. Nah. See, that's healthy. Wanting to control people is perverted. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Democratic Party, you're perverted. Bunch of perverts. We bequeath that you're open. Get that mask on. I love the Republican congressman when they were in the midst of the riot on the hill there. Comes walking up to them with her masks. Do you guys want to wear them? They're like, they laughed at her. I'm like, I love you. Seriously, I'll go up there. You're a bearded man. I'll kiss you right on the lips right now because of that. I'll grab you by your beard and press your lips to mine. I love you. I love you. That's what you should do. <laughs> I know that's some song somewhere. Press your lips to mine, whatever. I stole it. I don't care. I don't care. I'll kiss them right on the lips. See, the church, though, is blind and unprepared when this all hit. They don't know what to do right now. About to be banned. You can say all you want. Hey, we closed. Yeah, good luck with that, dumb dumb. Good luck with that. You say one word about Jesus is the only way, and you're done. Jonathan Shuttlesworth put it this way. You don't, you don't believe that you'll be banned? Preach one month about what God says about homosexuality and see if you're ever on another Zoom message again. It's already happened. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. That's where the church has been. That's why they're ill-prepared and actually blind. Actually blind. 
They don't even see, they don't even see Revelation 13, 16 through 18. They do not see it. The church is blind. A mind like on vacation. They haven't been told. Listen to Romans chapter 10, 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? If you've never been taught to bind and loose, then why would you not strap a mask on, sit in your COVID clumps and close your church? How can they call on the one pastors whom they have not believed in? You never told them. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Unprepared, blind, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and nobody tells him about the devil. They don't know that the devil can come as scarf woman, Deborah Burks. Old Scarfy, COVID law hypocrite violator. The church was unprepared. The church is unprepared. The church was blind and the church was blind. Why? No Bible. No Bible. Plenty of story time. Plenty of skinny jeans wearing with the holes in the right places. With their medallions on. No Bible. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Here's something deep for you. When Scripture says all, it means all. All Scripture. All Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete. Get ready. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. They weren't even ready to respond. Literally caught with their spiritual pants down. No clue what to do. I never take a thought for sickness. I don't care what comes out. What's going to be your Achilles heel? Don't let anything be your Achilles heel. I don't care if they send crop dusters out. Crop dusting everybody with bubonic plague. No plague shall draw near my dwelling. What are you worried about? Hosea 4, 6, another verse we use all the time around here. My people are destroyed because they don't know anything. That's my interpretation. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But then you present them knowledge. I can show you one graph after another. Please follow capital I, capital M on Twitter. I'm. Follow it. Stands for Ian Miller. Follow him. All he does is put out COVID graphs from CDC data, from state health department data. There's absolutely no difference. The only difference goes in the negative. There's no difference between states that have masked and locked down than states that don't. The graph looks exactly the same, except the states who don't mask and don't lock down are healthier. All of them look just like this. Boop, boop, boop. You know what that's called? A flu season. Oh, I'm sorry, flu disappeared. Miracle of miracles is gone. Way down. 
That's all that it is. People who lock down, you know, what's, what's the odds of you getting COVID inside your own home? 76%. And that's where they send you. Most COVID cases, 76%, look at me now, of all COVID cases occur in the home. You catch them in your own home, and then they tell you to go there. They lock down beaches in wilderness areas where, I mean, Brendan Schaub, famous MMA fighter, was 50, yard, 50 miles out into the mountains on his, mic, uh, his mountain bike. This man stands about this tall, giant of a man, absolute MMA killer. Riding alone, he gets stopped and ticketed for not wearing a mask. Here's the bad part. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I'll present you the graphs. Listen, I know nobody's going to invite me. These are delusions of grandeur. I'm just saying, I will happily go to churches. They can even throw stuff at me. Aaron and I will go together. He'll run the show on our graphs. And I'll put it in front of all these churches. Here's the graphs. They still won't believe. Because they're rejecting knowledge. It's not because of ignorance. It's because of stupidity. I don't want to know. If I know, then that invalidates the last year of my life. That's correct. You are, your last year has been a complete waste of your life. I'll tell you what you have done, though, is you've sown a lot of fear into your little kids. Congratulations on that. Just fill them up some more with your juice boxes and fruit roll-ups on your way to soccer practice in your minivan with you all masked up, masked in the car, masked when you get out. All these, all these parents with aspirations of professional sports, how's that panning out for you? They're banned. Yeah, how much longer do you think the leagues are going to survive? They won't. First of all, NFL's down 30% in viewership from last year. They were down 30% from the year before. No parking, no vending, no ticket sales. Good luck. All you parents, it's just, you, you absolutely went right into the realm of Mark chapter 8, 34 through 38. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You sold your kid's soul because you had to live vicariously through them. Sold their soul to the enemy. They have no understanding of God, but yeah, they can sure hit a baseball a long way. That'll matter when they're separated into as a goat or as a terror, that'll matter a lot to you on that day. And even that, you sowed into it, and now you're sowing in to the very fact that their dream can't even come true. You really think they're going to let you gather again unless you stand up and fight? Oh yeah, it's, it's historical fact that once they take your freedoms, they give them back freely. You're going to have to stand up. Every church should, stay, should have stayed open. Every business should have stayed open. People reject knowledge. You can absolutely put it right in front of them. How should I live my life? Well, here's the Bible verses. Well, that's not really, that does not comport. Let's unpack that. I hate those terms in the modern grace, hyper grace churches. We need to unpack that verse. Take your unpacking. (laughs) Just read it. It says what it says. 
church wasn't ready. Listen to Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth, they're not ready because there's no Bible. There's men's groups where everybody goes in there, grabs a hold of each other, says, I'm so sorry for your life. You might as well be at Tabitha's funeral and be kicked out of the room by Jesus because all you are is a flute player and a crier. You don't solve anything except massage feelings. Why don't you bring healing and power into the room? Why don't you do that? Jesus rarely, if ever, solely brought compassion into a room. He brought power into the room. He solved problems. Oh, you're blind? Well, you know, let's give me a come. Hey, Aaron, strike up the band. Let's sing hallelujah out of Shrek. It's a song everybody sings, the Shrek version of hallelujah. It's super spiritual. Even devil worshipers sing that. Churches because they're they're lost because there's no Bible. And so are you, by the way. If it's you, if this applies to you, then apply it. If you're lost right now, it's because there's no Bible. You're not standing in the Word of God. In any area of your life, whether it's lost eternally or just lost in a specific area of your life, if you're lost in your marriage, it's because the Bible's not being applied. If you have no friends, it's because the Bible is not being applied. I've preached this a thousand times. Why do people have no friends? Because they do not show forth friendliness. That's just the Bible, but don't let that get in the way of what you believe. No, it's because everybody's a jerk and I'm wonderful. You're the only one that thinks that. Trust me. Take a poll. Have an anonymous poll. Seriously. You wonder why everybody runs from the room like roaches when you turn the lights on when you walk in there? Tell everybody. I'm putting in a shoe. Putting in a shoe box, everybody. Everybody in your sphere. I'm putting in a shoe box. All I want people to do is write in there, jerk or not jerk. (laughs) And then listen to what the poll tells you. Because that poll is a fact. And some of you are like, I will never do that. Yeah, you're afraid of the truth. I do that poll in this church right now. There'll be people in there that put jerk of me in there. I know. There's people that have worked for me. I, I warned people. I warned Aaron when he came into work. I warned Heather. I'm not the easiest person on the planet to work for. Genuinely, I'll leave you alone. But if you stink, I will jerk your chain. There's people that think I'm a jerk too. Just be honest about it. Find out. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. So how is it, what is the stipulations for your house to be grounded on a rock? He who hears my sayings. If you hear his sayings, then your house is built on a rock. And the rain descended... And the floods came, it's Matthew 7, 24 and 25. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew. They came with their COVID. They came with their rioting. They came with their bans, their fraudulent elections. 
And the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon that house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. There's Christians out there. I'm so discouraged right now, Pastor Tom. I'm the wrong one. Don't bother. If you're wanting somebody to grab you by the beard and kiss you on the thumbs. But if you, if you want somebody to put my around you and, you know, no, it's okay. I'm not that guy. Don't bother. Find somebody else. And my wife won't work either. Don't go. There's got to be somebody. That's what, you know, that's why, that's why a lot of people, they, they won't stick around. They'll never stick around here because for them, see, the word of God's quick, powerful, and sharp. What they want is a word that's slow wimpy and dull Matthew 24 12 and 13 see the absence of the word is what caused the church to be where it's at today Port Charlotte right now there's churches that are closed we've never even been deemed unessential in the state of Florida and there's closed today Because their house is not built on a rock. You can tell them anything. They're built on shifting sand. Well, no, man. If you're in New York, you had to close. No, you didn't. No, you did not. If every church in Manhattan stayed open, they wouldn't be where they are right now. New York is a cesspool of human feces and garbage. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown tells a story that another pastor told him said that the sidewalks are so hot in Manhattan that in the summertime, all the homeless people that are now running wild because the broken windows policing policy of Rudy Giuliani was cast aside so everybody's doing whatever they want. And they pee and they poop all over the place. And the sidewalks are so hot, they poop on the sidewalks so it starts to fry their feces while you're sitting on your mandated outdoor eating area. And people say to Andrew, to Andrew Cuomo, you're a miracle worker. He's a demon-filled clown. No respect for him or de Blasio. And they fight each other too, just like all demons do. Matthew 24, 12 through 13. 12 and 13. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go cold. Why? There's no Bible. No Bible. They don't know where to stand. The winds come, the rains come, and they're flooded. But one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed and the son of perdition. Understand Jesus is not rapturing the church until there's a great falling away. And we are seeing the greases, the skids grease for that right now. And as a matter of fact, it is already happening. If you're, if you're rejoicing because your redemption draweth nigh, you are accurate. But here's the thing. The end times also leads to this. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. It's going to happen. As much as there's an end times falling away, there's an end times revival. I lost track of what I was talking about earlier because I was agreeing with what Aaron said. There'll be some that come back. Listen, but most of the CCCs, the COVID caving Christians, they're gone. They're zombies. They're gone. 
They've been bitten by another zombie. They're, listen, I'm telling you, they're gone. Good luck ever getting them back. I'm not pronouncing heaven or hell upon them. I can tell you that they are in dire straits. You, if you have a mask on your face, you're wearing the banner of the enemy. I know some of you have to wear them at work. I'm not talking about you. I'm not even talking about it. They make you wear one when you walk into whatever store, whatever. Fight it first. Don't get arrested for trespassing. It's their property. But the government stuff on public land, they can go pound sand. They can take their mask mandates and shove them up their caboose. They want to tackle me to the ground, you better bring more than one. But as much as the end times brings brings forth the increase of wickedness and the love of most growing cold, it also brings forth Matthew 24, 14. Only two verses down from that. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Acts 2, 17 and 21. This is what you're feeling. Look at now. How many spiritually, how many spirit-led people are in the room? Shout amen. Amen. That's pretty good. I was going to make you do it twice. You beat me. You, you whooped me. You whooped me. That was good. Did you feel the spirit in this room this morning? This is why. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Acts 2, 17 through 21. Your young men shall see, see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. You're going to win. You're going to win. Watch it. Don't let them get in your head. Laugh in their face. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, and whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Joel chapter 2, 30 through 32. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls who's going to be in the remnant keep that stinking garbage off your face and keep your church open it is that big of a deal this is serious business serious you need to have guts and tell them no Well, where's your guns, Tom? Don't know. They're coming for them. Hey, Tom, what, you know, the brown shirts show up at my door? Hey, we're here for your guns. Oh, funny thing, they disappeared. <laughs> Tom, you lie like that? Listen, is it war? So in warfare, there's no spying and no lying? I'm not yielding my guns to them. Amen. Ever! The moment I do, you put, the moment, this is why. What are they, they going to do in Great Britain? There ain't a gun around. That's why stabbings are through the roof. You know why there's so many stabbings? Because there's no guns. Bring a knife to a gunfight? Good luck with that. 
you pop a knife out on me, you better be able to throw it from a long ways away and land right between my eyes. Because I can tell you what will be between your eyes. I'm a pretty good shot. Shot for a long time. You need to have guts and tell people no. Well, then I'll offend them. You're offending a baby butcher. You're, you're offending an apocalyptic person that will watch a video of a baby scurrying away from an abortionist vacuum and are fine with it. And you're worried about offending Andrew Cuomo? I'm not. Oh, they'll call me a racist. Who cares? A racist? They don't even know what sex they are. They're worried about race. They can't even determine gender. Who cares what they think? I want to be a good partner and community partner and, you know, a good neighbor to who? The YMCA? Baby butchers? The local Republican Party? Listen, the Republicans are cowards. The Democrats are evil. And there's an occasional exception on the Republican side and none on the left, on the Democrat side. None. How can you say that, Tom? That's not very nice to say from the pulpit. First of all, I don't care. Second of all, it's true. There's no exceptions on the left. If you butcher the unborn, you're a monster. How do you look at that modern ultrasound picture and not repent? Maybe you could make excuses for people back in the 60s. But nowadays, modern ultrasound will show you your kid who looks like you. You look at them now, literally. My kids, it was just, you know, the dots and the, well, that's a clump of whatever. Okay, I'm a, oh, that's a boy. Okay, that was enough. That's all you could tell, boy, girl. Nowadays, you can look in there and go, man, he looks just like his mother. And you're going to stick, stick a vacuum in there, suck his brains out while he screams for his life and amniotic fluid? And you're fine with that? Call me a racist when the number one killer in the black community is abortion and I don't want anybody to be aborted and I'm the racist? Let them call me that. God will judge. Decisions must be made in the church. Everybody good? 13 minutes to go. Decisions must be made in the church. Matthew 5.37 says, Let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. When six out of 50 plus Republicans, only six had the guts to stand up and say, I will not vote. I will not certify a fraudulent election. These are people who are from the evil one. I don't care who they are. I'll name their names right now. Ben Sass, Rand Paul, Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, Kelly Loeffler. David Perdue. I could go on and on and on. John Cornyn from Texas. I used to love Thomas Massey from Kentucky. All sorts of great economic stance. He signed like a, he just folded like a cheap suit. Signed that thing. How do you sign it? Not, first of all, here's the thing. How does it even hurt you not to sign it? You're going to lose anyway. 
They have all the numbers. At least you'd be on the record for righteousness. You jerks. You cowards. It's the same way, by the way, that every pastor that closed their church is the same way. I'm so worried about what other people will think. You are bound. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. One of the greatest yokes of slavery on the planet is worrying about what somebody else thinks. No, thank you. See, we need to reject the world hardcore. I'm not saying doors not open for people to be saved. I'm talking about the wisdom of the world. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20. Here's the title of it in the New King James. Avoid worldly wisdom. You're supposed to join and be a community partner? People, a brother came up to me. He left his COVID capitulating church and came here. And he said, man, I really struggled with you for the first couple weeks. Yeah, welcome. That's what everybody does. It's like being stuck in a Bible boot camp for two weeks. Like, what on earth is he talking to? All I'm doing is, all I'm doing this morning, this afternoon, is reading Bible verses to you. You can, you can throw out my opinions. I'm not even giving you many opinions. But he was talking about it in his pastor, right here in Inglewood. Everybody in this room knows this church. His pastor put out, we need to, you know, join together with the world in this effort. I'm like, <laughs> the emotions are raw in the room today. And as he said, that was it. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. He said, I just noticed, and this is a Bible college student, so he knows the Bible. He's been, to, he's been to apologetics classes. He knows the word. He's like, I'm not hearing Bible verses. Yeah. You're, he- you're hearing Bill Gates verses. The love of most grow cold, not the love of a few. By the way, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have millions upon millions that get saved. But the love of the what was the church will grow cold. That's why I'm telling you, shake the dust off your feet. Matthew 10, 13 through 15. You're trying so hard. Here's the, here's the information, and the Christians are answering you. Well, I just believe that, you know, um, that we're supposed to love our neighbor. And by me wearing a mask, I'm, saving, I'm helping to save their life. Okay, that's, I'll show you the graphs and all of the information that shows that you are lying right now. It doesn't change them. They're gone. Look at me. Look at me now. Nine minutes to go. They're gone. Some may come back. Most won't. Most won't because pride goes before destruction. They won't release it. They won't say, you know what? If I cave to you now, Pastor Tom, if I cave to you, Charlie, if I cave to you, Bill, and I, and I, and I realize I've wasted all, you know, since 301 days ago, I've wasted a whole year of my life. I've sown, I, I, I can't admit that I've sown hyperbolic fear into my children. You know, because I was super quarantined mom and we were quarantined day 17. Today's cookie day. We're doing, we're doing COVID cookies today. <laughs> we got an image of the COVID virus cell and we're making COVID cookies with... On day 18 of quarantine, I saw it from ex-church members. 
at this church. They don't like me anymore. I don't blame them either. I'll be honest with you, I don't even blame them. I wouldn't like me either if I was them, because I ripped them to shreds on the podcast. But you know what? I'm, you know, you got what you deserved. This is caving to the world's wisdom. The world told you to do something, so you did it. It's not, tell me the Bible, whatever major decision you're making in your life, not today's lunch. I'm talking about major decisions. What Bible verses are you applying to that decision? What is it? Well, I'm going into business. Are you yoked equally with the person you're going into business with? First Corinthians three eighteen through 20. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. Remember, he mocks people. He does. He sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You sit there and you dine. You watch as they ban us. You watch us explode. Seriously. Watch it happen. Watch it happen before your very eyes. Little, well not little, large, chubby preachers in Inglewood getting banned off of Facebook. Watch us explode. As they squeeze the Dinesh D'Souza's of the world, we'll all mass migrate away from them as they go bankrupt. Anybody ever looked at Gab.com? I not have this in my notes. Gab.com is owned by a Christian. He set up all of his own data farms. He set up his own, he set up his own servers. He is band proof. He's overwhelmed right now because he's getting 60000 a day. A day. And that was before everybody got banned. So who knows how many a day it is now. But that's where you need to go. I'm on Gab. I'm on MeWe. I'm on Rumble. I'm on Parler. Parler's in trouble because they, had, they set up in some other man's house. They'll learn. They'll learn. They'll fix it. They'll fix it. Then now they got to scramble. Because you listen, if you want to be an independent social media site, you can't set up on Amazon. One of the most evil men on the planet owns Amazon. Who's now the second richest behind Elon Musk. Just a little free information. I have hope for Elon. I'm hoping he comes through for us. Finishing with this. I want to talk about faith and hope in these final five minutes. Our thinking is faith. If your thinking is not crazy faith, you're off. There's lots of Christians. Listen, there's lots of pastors right now that are going to open up their churches to farm out vaccines. Here's the thing. They have no choice. They have PPP money. They own the government millions of dollars. They're going to have transgender bathrooms. All those things. I was talking to a brother of mine who's helping, helping us get set up back here, Brian. And he was talking about his daughter's school that used to be under my purview when I was at the sheriff's office. I'm not going to name it today. 
But he did what you're supposed to do. Proud of him. I like him anyway personally, but this made me like him even more. As he said, when that, that school said, you know what? Oh, the Brian's back there. I see you, Brian. He's back there, and he said, he met with the school staff, and he said to them exactly what needed to be said. Because they were opening up. They pulled this garbage when I was still working there, and enough people rose up and closed them down. They were opening up. It's Pineview School. And they said that they were going to change their bathrooms into transgender bathrooms. And he said it, he walked in there and said, good luck to the man who walks in while my seven-year-old daughter is in there going to the bathroom and exposes himself. That's what needs to be said. Somebody needs to say something. Well, that caught, well, his kid doesn't go there. That's a very, that's a, that's a, that's a very elite school. You can pretty much write your own ticket out of there to Harvard or wherever you is that you want to go, those bastions of liberalism. But anyway, but somebody had to pay the price. Rodney Howard Brown had to pay the price. And Brian paid the price. His daughter doesn't go there anymore. Good. And he offended people and lost relationships. Oh, well. Somebody needs to say something. Our thinking is faith. Our way is faith, and it's offense to the world. Understand, oh, really? You, you go to your unsaved family members. Hey, I just want everyone to know I'm born again. Oh, what, oh, you want us to throw you a party? Or They don't care. As a matter of fact, they're offended by it. Don't think everybody's going to embrace you. They are not. Faith is an offense to the world. But it's everything to us. Listen, Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore... Faith is a big deal. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Proverbs 5.21, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. When God ponders your goings, is he seeing your wisdom or is he seeing faith? Which one is it? First Corinthians 121. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now I'm going to skip to the end of this because I want to show you something before we go. God is a God of faith and God is a God with faith. Are you aware of that? Are you aware that God is a God of faith and with faith? God has faith? Yes. That's the only reason why you do. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, and that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Galatians 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Most people misinterpret that verse. It gets rewritten wrong. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I mean, it says I live in the faith of the Son of God. No, it's by the faith of the Son of God. Romans 12, 3, usually you only hear me preach the first part of this verse. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment 
in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. He gives you your faith. Now here's what I want to close with. God is a God of faith and hope. But let me show you how it works together. I'm going five minutes long. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. Now he's already been established as a God with faith and of faith. But he's also a God of hope. May the God of hope. For those of you, you need to read today. Psalm chapter 3, 1 through 3. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? How many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and you lift up my head. You should not spend a second depressed ever. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice something in closing today. The Holy Spirit is the one connected to hope. Remember the verses I read to you a minute ago. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. But look at the verses that follow 5, 3 and 4 and 5. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. What are your sufferings? Sickness? No. He took up your infirmities and carried your diseases. That would be like saying your sins are part of your sufferings. Your sins are taken away. Suffering has to do with being banned. Handed a fraudulent election. Closing your churches, getting arrested because you kept them open. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope, listen now, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are Baptist and Calvinist, and you're like, you know... That's all fine for you guys. And you crazy people can speak in tongues. You want hope or don't you? Start speaking in tongues. Most Christians, though, are out of balance when it comes to faith and hope. Don't worry about time. I'll get you out of here in a hurry when I close. I promise you. Most Christians operate exclusively in hope. Not faith. They're just hoping. He is a God of hope, but it's only part of who he is. You can't just be hoping for things. Man, I really want this country to change. Lord, change the country. That prayer will never be answered. God operates in the specific. Have you ever read how God instructed Aaron and the priests to build the tabernacle? (laughs) He's the God of the specific. But many operate exclusively in hope, in ambiguous prayers, and many Christians operate in hopelessness. Well, whatever happens. Here's where I'm closing. Since he's a God of hope, how do we access God? Therefore, remember now, if we access God by faith, then how do we access God's hope? 
Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, correct? So how do we access hope? Faith again. You are in a faith covenant, not a grace covenant. Grace is what he did. You are in a faith covenant. The handshake is faith. So if you want hope, how do you back this up, Tom? Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is not an ambiguous thing. It's something you go, I hope for that. And now, like an AR-15, I'm applying my faith to it. Specifically. Faith is the conveyance of what hope is for. The vehicle to get you to where what you're hoping for. Worship team, make your way. Finishing right here. Six minutes late. You know what? I, I didn't tell you guys this, and I told the first service. This is the greatest. I create many new churches in the same building. That's how I choose to look at my ministry. Don't, don't wake me up. I don't want to know. So, but right now, this is the greatest church we have ever had. Right now. So in closing, I want to say to you, what do you want? What do you want? What do you hope for? What, do you, what is it? James chapter 4 verse 2 says, Yet you have not, because you ask not. Jesus says, Ask and it shall be given to you. What's a proper ask? A proper ask is not hope. A proper ask is hope accessed by faith. What do you want? Well, I want this person unelected. Do you pray specifically for that? I want Facebook humiliated and defeated, as they should be. You should be praying for that. I want this person saved. If you don't pray right, you're not asking. Understand, yet you have not because you ask not. How do you pray for someone to be saved? Lord, save them. Doesn't work. What you do is to say, Holy Spirit, get them. Convict them. Draw them. They'll make the decision about whether they get saved or not. That's, God can't save people like that. They have to come to him in faith. They have to decide to be broken and contrite. So to pray that is ineffective. Lord, send revival to our country. That will never work. What you need to do is say, Lord, use me. Use me. Open the doors for me to serve. Expand my horizons. Expand my ministries. you got to pray in the specific. Otherwise, you cannot stand in faith. Lord, send revival. What does that really mean to you? Right? You ask God, Lord, open up the doors. It's not a bad prayer, Lord, send revival. But why does it never happen when we've been praying it for, for decades? Because what is a revival? It's only found one in one verse in the New King James Bible. Nowhere in the New Testament, once in the Old. Because you see, folks, how revival works 
is for the individual Christian to pray, Lord, for your own personal ministry and to spread the word like seed. That's how it works. It really is how it works. And God will pour out his spirit when you do that. He will. If we as a church, I don't know what our numbers are now. It's got to be 300 and three, three and 400 people coming here now. It's just, it's just as, it was more packed at nine than it is now. It's got to be my wife thing. My wife is, let's got 350, 400. I don't know how many people. I have no idea. But if us, of us three or 400 people that attend this church, if we ourselves tuned in and said, Lord, open up the doors for me to share my faith. Open up the doors for me to see what you've called me to do. Then two or more agree. Two or more agree. Revival time. That's what will Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.